Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm your host, Jacob Elishar. I hope that you're having a fantastic day and i am so excited to welcome this incredible woman here with for this week's for this week's episode she is an accomplished brooklyn-based indie artist and cellist plus she has 1729 twitter followers 4338 facebook fans and 5451 instagram followers please welcome tiger darrow Thank you so much. Tiger, thank you so much for taking time to your schedule and talk with me today. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. So when did you get interested in music and how did that passion evolve into the desire to pursue a career in the recording industry? Um, I was a violinist from the age of two. I don't know what possessed my mother to put a violin in my hands, but um, she did. And I fell madly in love with music and um, didn't stick with violin for too long because I wanted to play cello really desperately. Um, And fast forward several years, I didn't get to play cello until middle school. And that's when I fell in love with that instrument. Um, I... I don't know. I've kind of always been fascinated with music from a really, really early age and didn't even consider it as a career option for me until high school when I um, went to a performing arts, arts high school and kind of had to decide, OK, uh, so you've made it this far. You know, you want to be in the arts in- industry. What art would you like to study? Uh, and I, I chose cello and um found that I was always leaning more towards pop music than the classical music that was put on my stand and uh, started writing songs on cello and um, singing and playing. And and at that point, I was just so deeply in love with it that I stuck with it. And here I am. <laughs> awesome. So throughout your career, you've opened for the Eagles, for Erica Badu, plus performed with as a side person, for Duran Jones and Indie Indications, and Wakey Wakey. So what are some of the lessons that you learned from them that helped you grow as a musician? Um, I, you know, I feel like more than anything, stage presence. Um, all of those acts have one thing in common, I mean, aside from being incredible musicians, and that's they, they command your attention from the stage. That's That's been the major thing that's always really stuck with me is, how are you going to get this group of what's essentially strangers to stay interested in what you have to say? And it's just, you know, exuding confidence on stage is such a huge part of it. So I've, I've been so lucky to, to watch that from, you know, behind the curtains and really see what, what makes a live show work. So. And that's incredible. Like seriously with the Eagles, I love, it's one of my favorite rock and country rock bands of all time. Were you with them when before Glenn Frey passed away or after he passed away? I was with them before. Um, Glenn Fry was one of the founders of the songwriting program at NYU, which was the program that I went through when I was there. 
And um, so they, when the Eagles had a show at Beacon Theater, um, trying to remember when that was, I guess it was maybe 2013, I want to say, they selected three students to be their openers for their, for their performance. And I was one of them. So um, it was, it was really exciting to see just, you know, the original crew performing their song. And I mean, God, they were, you know, you know, getting up there in age and they still had it. Like they still, every facet of their performance was still as, as energetic and on point as when they were younger. It was wild. I definitely agree. It's like, I wish I got to see them in action. I saw, I've seen a lot of rock acts and the Eagles are still the top. So let's get back to, because of their top songs and songwriting. So speaking of songwriting, can you share your songwriting style with my audience? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm kind of one of those people who likes to tell it as it is. Um, I spent a long time really trying to write double and triple meanings into my lyrics, and it it really came across as trying too hard. And uh, you know, it, it was things that that I understood, and that you know, hopefully, whoever was listening to that also were able to derive their own meaning from what I was saying. But I. after doing that for several years, I realized that sometimes the thing that's the most poignant is the thing that really just cuts to the chase. And now I, my songwriting style is very much like a, Hey, I'm going to paint a picture for you and it's going to be really clear what's going on. And maybe I'm going to say some things that make you uncomfortable, but that's just my reality. Um, And I, I don't know. I, I find that those are the lyrics that I end up really holding closest to my heart, even more so than the ones where I've been sitting there going, I'm feeling really intensely about something. Let me find a way that to, to paint a picture of my emotions that's, you know, multifaceted, that'll get across this very complex feeling. It's sometimes way better encapsulated by just saying, I'm sitting in my bed and I'm binge watching Netflix and I am absolutely covered in crumbs because I'm a slob. And then people go, Oh, yep. Been there. And I feel that. <laughs> and yeah, so I think yeah. that's been my style lately. That's cool. Like I, I go there a lot. Like I actually, however, it's a YouTube rabbit hole. Yes, absolutely. I've been going on TikTok rabbit holes a lot lately and that's been chaos because then all of my inside jokes are just fragmented weird things that nobody understands but me <laughs> uh, I totally get it. I totally get it. so basically what have been some challenges that you faced throughout your career and how did you overcome those obstacles um let's see what happened some challenges I mean I, I think every woman in the industry often encounters, you know, dudes trying to explain how things were like, I don't know, for, for a long time at the beginning of my career, I, I taught myself how to produce, I taught myself how to use recording software and how to mic instruments and everything. And uh, for a really long time, anytime I would go into a session with a, with a man, they would feel the need to explain to me how things work when I already knew. And that, that was frustrating for a while. Um, and to an extent, I still go through that sometimes, but it's not nowhere nearly as bad as it used to be. Um, that and, and also just like crippling self-doubt is a major one for me. I have the worst imposter syndrome on the face of the planet. I, anytime I get a cool opportunity, 
for some reason, my first thought is, damn, are they sure? Like, are you you sure I'm the one you want? Um, And so I've been trying to train myself out of that, but it's, it's a really hard one. I get it because I go through, I go through that a lot, especially this year, the, the past, I've been doing this for over nine, I've been actually been reporting for nine years, but this is like oh. the first six months of the podcast, and I've been very grateful that I've been able to, like, grab the people that I've been able to grab, and yeah. I thought, it's like, is this, are they really giving me this opportunity? I've had some moments of self-doubt, but, like, yeah. I have to realize, like, if you go on jakesake.com, I remember talking to with Cindy Lauper, Dolly Parton, Gordon Lightfoot. Mm-hmm. Tanya Tucker and then exchanging conversations with Lee Green, Greenwood and then also Maxim Shmerkovsky and all mm-hmm. these incredible names yeah. have been in the field. So it's that, like I get it. Sometimes imposter syndrome is we have to get ourselves out of that habit. Yeah, because it's you know you have to trust that whoever's presenting you with an opportunity has really thought about it and they, they've decided you're the best person to do that and. God, it's it's hard to break though sometimes. I totally understand. So, in addition to all that, we also have the coronavirus going on. And how has this pandemic challenged you creatively? Um, it's well, it's been interesting. So I've I've been quarantined outside of New York. I've I've been at my boyfriend's childhood home, and uh, basically, I I brought with me whatever would fit in the car. So I have. Um, a small mobile rig with, you know, my Apollo twin and a satellite and some hard drives and my cello and my laptop. And that's about it. Like, I didn't even bring a MIDI keyboard. I, I've been using like, like, I, I work primarily in Logic. So I've been using the, the type to, to play keyboard on that's built into that. So it's, it's been interesting to I mean, to an extent, as a bedroom producer, I tend to lean on, okay, let's find creativity within limitation. But there's been so much more limitation now that I just brought so few things with me that it's been really fun to then dive deeper into, okay, here are the sounds that I know I can get. How can I mess these sounds up so much using plugins that they're going to feel unique and weird and not just like... I'm, I'm struggling and grasping at straws. So that's, that's been a good challenge for me, I think. And that's pretty, and that's a good challenge to have. And, and like relearning everything and actually doing Mm -hmm. all that stuff is just, I think we've all grown as skills. Like I've actually continued to work on coding and also building a podcast and working on the podcasting and everything. This is Mm -hmm. the, I I'm actually grateful for this time. Seriously, me too. It's I'm also trying to like develop new hobbies. I did the the basic bitch thing and went on Amazon and bought some roller skates and I've been roller skating. <laughs> I I don't know why I thought I was gonna be really good at roller skating as soon as I got the skates. I'm not. I've fallen several times. <laughs> but uh we're working on it. <laughs> I totally get it. So however, before all this happened. You had the opportunity to perform with Love on Good Morning America when he debuted his single Modern Loneliness. So how did that opportunity come about? Um, So I'm friends with uh, a really incredibly talented string arranger and artist. Uh, He goes by Johan Lennox. And um, he he and I write together. We 
my boyfriend and I are writing duos every time we go to LA we try to go write with him um he ended up with the opportunity to do a string a live string arrangement for Modern Loneliness for um Love for Good Morning America and at around 2 a.m I get a text message from him saying hey I need somebody who can play contract and play in a string quartet for uh, Lauv on Good Morning America. Could you? Is that something you could do? And then once I got done shitting my pants, I said yes, absolutely, and I contracted a string quartet. <laughs> um, so it was. I mean, I panicked at first because I, I, you know, imposter syndrome kicked in, and I went, "Oh my god, is my manager awake? Can I text him and tell him this? My boyfriend just went to sleep. I'm screaming inside, and I have no one to tell." And then, um, and and then you know, the pieces all came together. I ended up, my string quartet was an, an amazing group of humans who were so like kind and supportive that I calmed down immediately and it was great. And we had a really awesome time. That was, that was a really fun experience for, you know, having to wake up at 3.30 in the morning to be there. <laughs> but here's the thing, it's Good Morning America, one of the largest news shows in the country. Mm-hmm. And were they in... I understand because they have a theater and around situation, but like, did they have the audience in or was that the time they did not allow any audience in? I think it was the first um, performance that they did not allow an audience for. So we, we just performed to an empty room. That must have been like, I don't know about you, but if I was a musician, I would find that a little bit awkward. I, I think it was. I mean, for for me, I hadn't actually played Good Morning America before, so I wasn't really sure what to expect. But I think especially for Ari, um, he like, you know, he, one of the things you feed off of is the energy of the crowd. And like, we had a really awesome crew standing in there who were all really enjoying the performance and like giving us good energy. But it wasn't the same as like a group, like a big group of humans who were literally only there to see this artist they love. And so it was like, you know, you get done playing and you look around and it's not like a typical performance where everybody's cheering and stuff. It's just silent. <laughs> so we were all kind of looking at each other going, oh, I-, I think we did okay. <laughs> Where's the can of applause when you need it? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> all righty. So let's talk about your new song. I'm sorry, everyone. I have to curse. but my horoscope. <laughs> I know, sorry. <laughs> nope, no problem, no problem. This is going to be actually one of the second Jake's Take of Jacob Elisha podcast episode that I have to use explicit on, so. <gasps> wow, do you have like a cool bleep noise that you're going to put over it? <laughs> I actually, I'm, this is all, uned- all unedited, so this is, this is why I love my podcast. Wonderful, okay, great, then let's get profane, just kidding. All right, um. so let's, so back to the song. Yes. So when I listened to it, I immediately thought of Julia Michaels and Selena Gomez because that song, if you had a gift at somebody, those two ladies would actually do wonders with that song. Yay! Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. I love both of them. So that's wonderful. So could you share Buck My Horoscope's origin story with my readers, please? Yes, of course. Um, so I, we wrote the song as it was... Okay, let me back up. God, sometimes I get scattered. My boyfriend and my co-writer 
Julia, so the two co-writers on it, Ronnie DeSimone and Julia Pernicone, or she goes by Julia Brex. Um, we wrote it as a part of like a, a friend songwriting camp where a bunch of us packed up some cars, drove to the Hamptons, stayed at the same house as each other and wrote songs for three days, which was really delightful. Um, and... Julia and Ronnie and I sat down and we were trying to decide what we wanted to write about. And I was going through some of my old notes on my phone and I, I used to get notifications. I don't know what happened. I got a new phone and I stopped getting co-star notifications, but I used to get co-star notifications every day. And some days I would wake up feeling awesome. And then I would check my co-star notifications and it would give me some sort of ominous, like, you know, maybe you should talk to that person and like kind of thing. And I, I would just go, man, co-star, I was feeling really good this morning. Why'd you have to ruin my day like that? And uh, Ronnie looked at me and he said, you know what? Fuck your horoscope. You're going to have a great day. And I went, oh, that's really nice. I'm going to write that down. And then, you know, several months later, we ended up writing a song about it of just you know, despite whatever, whatever the stars may have in store for you, just try to approach it with a, with a good attitude and, and find solace in, in the little things that make you happy. All righty. All righty. So who are your dream singer songwriters, like your dream collaborators, your singers, your songwriters, your producers, they would like to work with in the future and how would they enhance your sound tiger? Um, let's see. I think, Definitely my top two would be St. Vincent and Tyler, the creator. Um, both, I understand, are quite different. Um, but I feel like a lot of my own production techniques come from Tyler, the creator, and a lot of my songwriting sort of comes from St. Vincent. So I feel like the two of them would, would enhance different parts of the way that I, I make music. Um you know, aside from the fact that I just completely idolize everything that they do. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're definitely my top two. I think it would be a really good, I think it'd be really good to hear both of you collaborate with both of them because you could definitely bring a wonderful sound to their fan base. And I I think their fan base. Absolutely. So (laughs) I know we talked about TikTok earlier, but besides TikTok, what are some of your favorite social media platforms besides TikTok, but like Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, LinkedIn? LinkedIn. Uh, I, LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> Hit me up. <laughs> um, I really love Instagram, um, mostly for, because I was kind of late to the game with Snapchat. So I think I love Instagram for the story aspect of it. Um I, that's where I post little snippets of what I'm doing. That's where I post like outtakes from photo shoots or not even outtakes, just like pictures that I really love. And I'm like, you know, it's fine. I don't want to like me being basic as hell going, you know, I really like my color scheme on my timeline. So I'm just going to put this on my story. God, I threw up in my mouth a little bit saying that, but that's where we are. (laughs) Um, Unfortunately, the the in the influencers rule the world. I know, and I, I hate that. I think honestly, okay. One of my impulse buys during this quarantine was yesterday. I used to play Snow White on this uh, YouTube channel that was all about making YouTube musicals, and their biggest hits were um, the Disney Princess parodies. And Patty Cake Productions. 
No, it was 80 bytes. <laughs> <laughs> but I apologize for being Sorry. a disappointment. Um, but so I, I miss being Snow White. So yesterday I bought a modern Snow White outfit and a black wig because I cannot bear to dye my hair black right now. Um, so that I could try to do some Snow White related content as well. That's, that's where, that's where I am as a, as a quarantined human these days. <laughs> well, and here's the thing, as long as, as long as, as long as Disney does not take down your content, you're all good. Exactly. And we've been good. We've, everything's been totally fine. So I guess we're chilling. All righty. Here's your second to last question. If you had the opportunity to meet with singer songwriters who want to elevate their careers in the music industry, what advice would you share with them? Oh, um, one of them, I, depending on skill level, I would never want to say this to somebody who's been, who's been writing for a long time, but if they're new singer songwriters, I would say, um, this song is not your last song, whatever you're writing is not the last song that you are ever going to write. So you don't need to, you should always put 100% of your effort into everything that you do, but you don't need to, you know, kill yourself over the work. If you're feeling like this, the product is not the strongest product in the world, or you're concerned about splits on something, like it's it's not the last time you're going to write a song. You don't need to be so precious with it. That that was one thing that I kind of had to learn the hard way. I feel like every time I I wrote a song with somebody else, I was always concerned about what it was going to sound like, or or when it was coming out, or how much of the song I owned, and all this stuff. And it's like that, that's it's not the last song. So keep keep trucking, keep working, keep honing your craft and and see how you grow based on that, not based on this one product. All righty, final question. Where can my audience connect with you on social media and also find your music? Um, my music's anywhere that you consume music, um, Spotify, Pandora, Apple Music, I guess, Deezer. I, I, I don't use Deezer, but I think it's there as well. Um, title, I think as well. Um, and then I'm, I'm active on all social media platforms. I would say I'm the most active on Instagram and Twitter. Um, so those are the easiest ways to, to reach me and get updates. But I do have, I do have my Facebook linked to both of those as well. So anything I post shows up there too. Alrighty. Thank you, Tiger. So here, guys, if you want to listen to more interviews I've done, head over to Jake's Take with Jacob Ellinger podcast. It is, you can hear it on Apple Podcasts. You can hear it on Spotify. You can hear it on Google Podcasts. And you can also hear it on Spreaker. You can also connect with me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, all under Jacob Elishar, J-A-C-O-B-E-L-Y-A-C-H-A-R. Once again, J-A-C-O-B-E-L-Y-A-C-H-A-R. And if you want to read more of my content, including music reviews, more interviews, and top and lit, top 40 lists, head over to jakestake.com. Once again, it's J-A-K-E-S-Take. Dot com. Tiger, thank you so much for sitting down with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun. All right, you guys. Have a great day. Goodbye. Bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.